Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and I'm here with my begrudging mum. Not begrudging. No? No. I won't go through the list of things I did over the weekend for you. No, I appreciated the three rounds of laundry. I did appreciate that. And I appreciate, four appreciated meals. the four meals. And sleeping with your daughter. You love sleeping with my daughter. I do. Anyway, um, is that cherry blossom? Is that blossom or... Um, Nana Cherry Blossom. Nana Cherry Blossom. <laughs> what are we having for lunch today, Mum? We're having sea bream with a kind of anchovy and parsley crust. Mm-hmm. You've done salt and vinegar potatoes. Yes, I had these. Uh, these are inspired by... Uh, we have an amazing restaurant, albeit the, the croissants are very expensive, but it's a really brilliant bakery called Jolene and it's on Newington Green. They've got a restaurant. They've got loads. They've got got Premier, Weston's Laundry, and I love them all. And Jolene is really delicious. And my husband and I went there when I was overdue and we had a lunch there. And one of the things, because I was trying to eat bloody gluten-free, one of the things they had was um, potatoes, ham on and egg. So I was like, fine, we'll have that. And these potatoes that came out, they were so delicious. And I asked the lady, I said, if the... What, what have you done to these? Because they taste so delicious. And I said, have they got vinegar on them? She went, oh yeah, they're salt and vinegar um, potatoes. So I was like, like, they were like roasted potatoes. So I just kind of thought I'd do the same. Um, so thanks, Jolene, for the idea. It's a bit like fish and chips. So yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, but I'd run out of a bit of, um, of I was using red wine vinegar because I tried them out the other day. I'm sure malt vinegar is probably the best, but I didn't have any and I was worried that we weren't going to get any. So I put a bit of apple cider on and then I'm going to put the red wine on about 10 minutes before they come out so you burn it off a bit so it's not so like okay yeah but yeah they kind of go sweet and delicious and we've got asparagus too yeah and then and then i have made a chocolate and courgette cake never done this before it it said it serves 24 but i didn't know how to modify (laughs) i didn't know how to modify the recipe well that's good and what are we having it with some chantilly cream Oh, you're doing chantilly cream. You only have to put um, any icing sugar in. Have we got a whisk, though? Yeah, but do you really want to bother doing that? She won't have it anyway. She won't have it anyway. We have a dairy-free guest today. Mum's rolling her eyes. So the cake's made with oil. But I love that when we we do stuff with olive oil. So is it olive oil? No. Oh. Sunflower. Okay, well, we have dairy-free Naina Cherry.
Nena. Hello. Hello. Is that how we say your name? Nena, yes. Why do all our Brits say Nena? Or Nina. No, no, that's in America. No, that's That's in America. They say Nina Cherry. Hi, how are you doing? It was Nina. No, or Nina, or a lot of people call me Nana. But I, you know what? I don't actually really mind. I think people look at the spelling of my name and they just like can't really figure it out. Where's your name from? It's from Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone. So my father was from um, Sierra Leone. And Nene uh, was his mother's name. And it's a nickname, I believe, from the name Isa too. So it's kind of a nickname. It means good mother. <coughs> oh, very good. <laughs> we all want let, to be yeah, a Nene then. Let me choke on my kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll drink to that. We'll drink to you, Mama. Oh my God, thanks. Yeah. Well I mean, done. I, and you're just, very sweet. I'm, uh, yeah, he's sleeping. He's at the moment. very sweet. He's sweet at the moment, but who knows? Like, he doesn't like one of my boobs today, which is just like a new thing. So I was like, please, just be a good boy. Today. What's wrong with boy. him? <laughs> well, no, there, there, there's not. There's not much to kind of <laughs> feast himself. from. No, it's yeah. not an exciting. But, pair. but how old is he? He's four and a half weeks. I've struggled so hard four with the breast. And a half. Yeah, the breastfeeding's been hard, man. Like, I don't know. I think it's even harder. Um, I was saying to you upstairs. Also, I felt like everything's a bit more jelly this time. Um, which is fine. I think I think you just get harder on yourself every time that you. I don't know. More guilty as a mum. I don't know. But I just feel guilty. What are you guilty time. about? I don't know. What do you feel? I don't guilty know. Oh my god, this is like a you... therapy session now. Yeah, like uh, no, I'm don't fine. Think... I just. I mean, I think like okay. That my I boobs reckon... aren't working properly. Like okay, you know, things I, like I that. understand. I think I've you know, it, it's like feelings that we have as mothers, of course, like on many levels. I think like, I feel slightly but guilty I think, on my mum too for doing but, it. But I think, but I think like. You know, obviously, you're doing your best. I'm trying. I mean, I think, like, um, and I don't want to talk about Top of the Pops Buffalo Stance too much, but I feel like it kind of feels like there's a newborn over there. And I, it was really funny when I was pregnant with my first, I remember kind of apologising to the record company. Yeah. And kind of being like, I'm really sorry, I'm going to have a baby because I really want to be a mum. And they were like, don't. Um, and it became this thing. It was like, don't worry, we'll do a Nana Cherry. It'll be fine. <laughs> Buffalo starts. She was on She was on top of the pops. Buffalo oh, starts. So You've become like this poster woman for like every kind of working mother in music and kind of every, I, don't, I know that you get um, asked about it no, all the time. But it just feels so funny that it's become such a kind of, for me, it was they. They said, "Don't worry, like Nana Cherry, it'll she be was, fine." Yeah. <laughs> well, that, well, that, I'm going. I'm glad that um, that someone said that. Um, and that it, they thought, but did you think it was going to be such a statement doing it, or did you just go, "Right, my song's really hot right now, and I, I I'm going to go on top of the pops." Was it considered? Well, you know, then? It was like, but it was, was just, it just one work? of these things. I, I got pregnant, and I have to admit that in the beginning, it wasn't that I was confused about what I felt and what I wanted. But I sat down and I was kind of asking a lot of questions about like, is this the right time? What's happening? Like, why is this happening right now? I was asking the questions because I felt like I had to ask them, but like in my insides, Mm. I knew that I was gonna have the baby. And a friend of ours, mine and Cameron's, Ray Petrie, who was kind of the godfather of the the sort of Buffalo collective, had HIV, he had AIDS by then. And he was kind of like, look, I'm on my way out. I think you should have the 
the baby, I think. It's like one goes, another life comes in, you know? We were sitting in Soho Square and I was like, yeah, like what the fuck am I thinking about? Like, I know what I want and I know that I can do all of the things that I want to do probably. And if I can't, I won't do them right now. Mm. But I went to my record, the, my A&R guy, yeah. Ashley Newton at Circa Records. I kind of stood in there, you know, and we'd like only, I'd only just sign the contract kind of thing. With oh, them. really? Okay. And I was like, Ashley, uh, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Isn't it terrible and that you feel you have to apologize? Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it it's fucking ridiculous. It's mad. It's fu- and I was like, don't worry. Just like you said on the phone to your guy or woman. I have see, yeah. seen here I go, the yeah. guy. Um, yeah, guy. And I was like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to work gonna double work. hard. Don't worry. It's <laughs> going to be fine. You know, we'll be able to do, we can always do pictures from even, I think I probably said from the waist yeah, up type yeah. shit. Yeah. Obviously in the end, that was like totally what we didn't do. But, and I think, yeah, there was a part of me that was just like so determined to do it and to make it good that like sometimes when I probably felt fucking exhausted, I didn't really take it in. That's why it's kind of interesting to talk about it because I think that I haven't actually sometimes reflected on mm. some of the other layers than the kind of de- the obvious do details. Do you think part of the problem is the music industry is run by men? Yes. And so, <laughs> Fuck yeah. And so they just don't understand. So like, why, aren't there, why aren't there more women in music? Running music I, 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 business. I mean, it's such a big... Com- I don't know. Like, do you, do you feel like you've got I, the I think maybe that? that's going to change. And I think, obviously, there are some really cool women in really yes, powerful places. Are. And I think that, like, more women are wanting to occupy those kind of spaces. Mm. I think sometimes women have been driven into other areas, you know, partially because of the the boundaries and that it's been so fucking hard to get through. Mm. But I think also more women are also more interested. Well, look, I mean... Um, in, you know, like getting in there and... Well, yeah. Uh, Your daughter, Mabel's uh, manager is Rada, who I adore. And she's... And I'm so proud of, you know, like when Ty- M- Mabel rolled in the other day with Rada to eat some leftovers. I'd cooked a dinner what, what for were you my... Eating? What was well, the I'll tell you what, my, my grandson turned 15 the other day. And you we have a were, grandson? Yeah, so Jeez. name him. She's 15. He just turned 15. It's so crazy. So we name him, my eldest daughter. We were like, let's not go out to another restaurant and like spend hundreds of pounds like with a full table. Let's just like cook at home. Like this is what we do. So I was um, asked Flynn like, well, we're going to cook at home. Is that cool? Get everyone over. What do you want to eat? So he basically took about two days um, um, the yeah, just to kind of, you know, like he's very, think he's thinking a lot, you know, and he, so he was thinking and then he eventually we got on the phone and he was like, I want some brown stew chicken um, because I never got to have it at Andrea's restaurant before they closed and stuff. That's Andy Oliver. Andy Oliver. Yeah. She's now looking yeah. for another joint to open up again. But anyway, he missed the brown stew chicken there. <laughs> so he said, like, can I have some brown stew chicken? Can I have your peanut butter stew? I make like a West African peanut butter stew. Oh, also, yes. And he was like, can I also, I'd also like some fried chicken. So I fried right, some went, chicken. He went to town. He went to town. Okay. Andrea's your gorgeous friend on Great British Bake Off. Andrea is my really. She's really warm. She, she serves Andy Oliver. Has the best smile in the business. She, like, and the best laugh. But she's, oh, yes. Like, yes, right? yes, yes. She's, so contagious. But she's warm. And when 
She's kind, isn't she? Yeah, she I was is. saying, if you're a food critic, you've got to be kind a little bit, even if you know better. She was encouraging she's, to all these young people. She's success. good, right? Because she really comes from the heart and, mm. you know, is, is really loving. And how are you friends? How do you know each oh, other? Oh, my God, we've known each other. I mean, now it's like it's a lifetime. It's so nuts. We're, like, becoming, like, some of these people in, like, books that we've read that we were obsessed with, like, That's you know, so Maya sweet. Angelou books. or is it, You know, we met when we were, I think I was 16, she was 17. And was it in London? It was in London. It was in the Middlesex Hospital. Her brother. Well, I was visiting her brother, and she came to visit her brother, who was in the hospital, who I was in a band with, okay. a band called Rip Brigham Panic. Uh-huh. And How basically, fun. yeah, it was it was a funny time. So basically, we'd all been to Gaz's Rocking Blues so, the night before. Was, or was it in Samaritz Club then or not? It was in um, Gossips downstairs in Gossips and whatever street that is in Soho, okay. like Dean Street, off uh-huh. Dean Street or something. We'd all been out. Uh, I Well, I'd gone home by some other means, and three of the other guys in the band got in a car, possibly having had a few jars, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm. Hit the, the middle of Cambridge Circus. And Sean, uh, he broke his leg and had to have an operation, but he also had sickle cells, so I think it also brought on a sickle cell attack. So he was in hospital with his leg up in a contraption thing and I used to I mean we we were all family but like Sean and I were really good friends and um I used to cook for him and bring him food in the hospital and like read I think we used to like chat and go and read so I mean I I, I, forgive me I didn't realize you were such a kind of like food is at the heart of it seems like it's it's very important Food to me is... I'm glad you didn't, darling, because no, it would have more pressure. Yeah, but. The food is like, for me, is like the centre. Like, I'm not a food snob, but like, when I go somewhere, I think the food that I seek out is like the mama's food. You know, like, I like soul food. Mm. Like, I mean, yes, I like to go to like a fancy restaurant sometime and like you know, sit in a brasserie and like, you know, mm-hmm. See, have you thought you were a bit more fussy because you not, said you were dairy free. No, I'm not like rich. Because we fr- have Numi, who we love, um, oh, Numi Ibrapas, yeah. and she's on a bloody like diet for this this thing. Some crazy yeah, mini, and it's like, yeah. And she's so good at being, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm on the diet. And they'd be like, oh, fuck it. Yeah, I'll me too. Fucking, I'll have some cream. <laughs> um, I'll just shove it over yeah. there in the she corner. She even eat fruit. She couldn't eat what? fruit. Yeah, she's not having fruit Because of the sugar. Yeah. Shit. And it's for a role, and I respect it, but me, I don't have the willpower. I mean, I, have no, I, have, I have... She's got a really body a like battle a with wicked, will, willpower. I mean, she's a friend of mine, too, and I she's adore her. But I think she's she's quite an obsessive person, I think. I think she she's one of those people, it. she goes into it, and she, once she's no. in there, Cameron, my husband, he's like that. What does Cameron do? We He's a musician, a singer, a producer. Together. Oh, you do everything we, together. We've been writing since since that first album, Raw Like Sushi. Fantastic. I mean, so, that's beautiful and quite amazing. <laughs> and you get on well still. Yeah, we're good. Like, we're great friends. I mean, when we... When the shit hit the fan, hits the fan, it's just like, get out of the house, anyone that's around. And people just literally just, because when we go for it, we go for it quite hard. But I think there's less and less of like the drama around us, actually. I think like it's, that's a really nice part of the journey is that we've kind of grown out of the ups and downs. We used to have a lot of ups and downs. But, uh, but you write but together. We write together. And he produced... 
and I can't write together with anyone else. I've tried, like I do with him, because of all of the things that we have between us. I usually come with something when we go Mm-hmm. into the writing space together mm-hmm. like sometimes we start from scratch but I definitely need some time also like in my own headspace yeah. to formulate something yes but um yeah he just you know helps me bring out the best things how did there you, how did you meet we actually met at Heathrow airport Hospitals, airports, Jesus, some of your most important... (laughs) Who have you met at a petrol station? That's what I want to know. Good question. Maybe that's yet to come. This is very interesting. But we met, we were on the same trip. We were like going to Japan. We were going to Japan. And um, he was part of the... No, we didn't sit next to each other. And for about three days, I thought he was possibly a little bit of an asshole or, you know... And yeah. after three days, what happened after the three days that you thought he was a prat and then... Well, I didn't really think he was a prat, but, you know, I just... He was, like, very cool. Oh, he was cool. But and, cool. and I was like, he thinks, he thinks he's really cool, doesn't he? And I was like, does he oh, intimidate he me? I was like, I thought, no, yeah. I'm not intimidated by him. No, no, he's all right. So I just went out. Anyway, he was sitting on this trolley, of, you know, an airport thing with, like, a cowboy hat. He was part of the Buffalo kind of crew. He's wearing, like jeans with turn-ups and you know all it was a look that. he had a look definitely anyway we said hi i can only imagine you had a look too what, can I, you remember what sure. you were wearing i think i was wearing like but i didn't have no money to like she buy stuff so my so stuff but gorgeous but, he would have felt intimidated do you yeah. think so i should yeah, ask he him thought you know, out of it. i've never asked yeah him that. You, he would have thought you were a bit him. out of his league uh, so when okay. boys think that they try and be cool yeah yeah and then they become a bit annoying. So maybe. I think. maybe. So he was on this yeah, trolley. Maybe that's why he's always a bit annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was on the trolley. I said hi. And I, you know, I think I felt a, a bit... Ch- or were you no, we, we were going to model for this guy, Takio Kikuchi. So this Japanese designer. Okay. And in the way that kind of like Comme des Garçons also, they used to do these kind of extravaganza shows right. where they'd have like... So they wanted like a few people from the streets of London. Mm, Some people from the streets of London. You know, they had some hip hop crew from LA, some dancers. So you were like, you were in, you were like part of a London scene and music was happening and modeling and you're there and you're in Japan and you meet this guy, the cowboy. This cowboy. Yeah. And like after the third day. I think we'd been, we were out all, you know, we were going out a lot every night in Tokyo. Everyone was partying pretty hard. And I think on like the second night, we had had a little dance. And take note, it was a nut house, this trip. There were like some, Cameron and James LeBon, this other friend of us, set off the fire extinguishers on our floor. There were people everywhere. There was, you know. Having fun. And if you went out on the street and looked up at the floor that we lived on, everyone had hung their phones out the window because... (laughs) Because we were getting like phone calls every five minutes from the Japanese kind of organizers to make sure that we were all on time. Oh my God, you it was just a, being so, so naughty. So it was a nut house. And then I, uh, we went to, I think after three or four days, third day, we had the bus journey. We went to another city and we just started talking. And he was wearing shades on the bus, like in the dark kind of thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I could just see the, the you know, a bit of the, you know, his blue eyes breaking through the glass. And I was like, uh-oh. I'm f- those are, yeah, yeah, like I'm getting those eyes. They're oh. like killing me. 
So that was the start of that. Have you been and back that, to Japan together? With Cam? No, we haven't. I've been back. I went back with Mabel, but I haven't been with Cam. Yeah, maybe we should. We're, going this, we're going this Go summer. Go vowels there or something. Oh, my God. I don't know. I haven't, I, haven't even, I haven't even thought about that. Mate. It's like, God, Japan, where we met. Okay. Think of me as your Ricky Lake. Okay, darling. Thank <laughs> you so much. Um, yeah, Silla Black. Have, have you lived in England Forever? Yeah. Well, I came here in 80. That's a long time. So that's when you were 14. 16. Oh, I came here, yeah, I was like 15. I think I was like 16. So where were you living before there? Just before I came here, I was in New York, but I'm like raised between Sweden and New York. And you live in London now? Now I live in London. And then for like 10 years, we came back five years ago. For 10 years, I went back to live in Sweden. I was living in Stockholm with my two younger kids. I mean, we've been a bit restless. What was the reason to go back to Stockholm? School. Schools wanting to give the kids, like, better education. Is it brilliant? Without having to literally queue up with a bunch of Range Rovers and, you know, pay millions and billions of pounds Mm. every term, Mm. right? In comparison to here, you have a lot more choice. Were you educated in Sweden? I was educated in Sweden and a bit in the States. Yeah. Um, but my family travelled a lot. What so did we, your f- parents do? My dad, my well, my stepdad was a jazz musician okay, or a yeah. musician. He's starting in jazz and then Don't he sort carry. of... Yes. And, and then my mother was an artist also. They collaborated and worked together for a long, quite a long time when we were growing up. And she made a lot of the the kind of environments for the stage. So my mother, like in the 70s, worked with uh, material with cloth and made tapestries mm. that they used to, that women... That she, Don would tour with and like... Did she, yeah, and she was kind of in the group and she would build these environments with her or hang the pieces on the stage. So it would be a whole uh-huh. kind of universe, which was kind of amazing. And I guess maybe some of my... Of course, yeah, like it, of course, it's affected me. Like, that's where I came up, that's how I came up. So, I think that notion of like when I got pregnant with Naima, my mm-hmm. firstborn, I was 18, you know, and I was like in a group. I went to Sweden, had her with her dad, came back, and six weeks after she was born, we went on tour. And I mean, we were in a in a van, like in a Ford Escort kind of type thing. Yeah. And I had the, and I was just like, okay. I'm going to try this. Like, I grew up in a family where we moved around a lot. But my mother and the kind of unit of who we were as a family was always there. Mm. So I was like, well, if I can keep my child secure and keep our routines going, we should be able to do this anywhere in theory. So I was like, well, we'll try it. I was like, well, obviously, if Naima is falling apart, so will I be, then we'll go home. But like my mother said when I to me when I was 18 and got pregnant with Naima, she was just like, don't shut your life down, you know? Don't make two separate lives, like, make and, it all one. And like, how do your girls talk about it? Do they talk about it really fondly and kind of? I think it's, I think there's a mixture of feelings, like yeah. in my own upbringing, like some of it's really hard. And, you know, we went to live in Spain when Tyson was four and Naima was older. And I think there were like some really amazing aspects of us living in the mountains in Spain. 
Why did you but live there? Was it just for I think we've just experience? always been you just those around. kind of people. We've moved around, like, maybe sometimes a bit too much, but, like, kind of looking for something, you know, a different way of life. And it was kind of fun. Like, everyone came to us. Tricky was around a lot. But, like, in that time, it was amazing. After about four or five years, I kind of started to miss London. And, like, for Naima, who was 13 then, it was really difficult for her being a teenager and stuff around there. So we moved back. I always end up back here. Right, okay. Particularly when it's kind of time to work or time to get into the, to the sort of a, uh, the creative headspace. But having said that, I did a lot in Spain. I mean, we wrote basically the whole of what became the Man album. Amazing. While we've been chatting, mum has been um, in the kitchen. Thank you, mum. Oh, yeah, raised eyebrows right there. And, and somehow she's managed to whip up some oven baked sea bream. And mum, is it with? It's with breadcrumbs and parsley and some chilli. Anchoya. Anchoya. I don't know what anchoya. What is anchoya? Don't know, but it's got a bit anchovy in it. Oh my god, it looks so good. There's some salt and vinegar potatoes. Mm. Which I hope, I haven't tasted them, so they may need more salt and vinegar, or they may I'm really much. excited because I'm really hungry. Oh, God, yeah, I'm sorry that we, I, we no, made no, no, you No, no, so no, no, this is good. This is, we worked up an Do appetite. Do you want any wine? Oh, you're not drinking at the moment. No, okay, no fine. wine, I'm great. Do you want great. some wine, Mum? Oh, OK. I was reading something about how you kind of set up a Notting Hill... It's like, well, no, like Carnival, it's like... Oh, my house. Your ha- house becomes a hub for all family and friends to use the loo because nobody can use the bloody loos anywhere. So, like, you letting strangers use the loos too or is it, like... Not too many strangers. Some of those, come at those strangers. Like, no. Yeah, no, the people that, like, you, you pay to go to the loo, I've done that plenty A couple of people tried to come in last year. Did you and, say, like, are you desperate? in the toilet. And if they'd have been, like, cool about it and asked in a nice way, but they were just, like... Rude. Being really rude and obviously trying to get in to possibly do more than just use the loo. So yeah. we were like, nah. Do you okay. like Carnival? I love Carnival. Do you, but have I, you performed at Carnival? I have performed at what Carnival. What did you do? I played with Rip Regan Panic like a hundred years ago. And it was quite... It's what, quite like it was sound quite, system we, we won? No, we just played on one of the stages. And I mean, our music was kind of quite nuts. So I'm quite surprised that we actually played there. Um, but yeah, play there. And then I DJ'd once, and that was a bit freaky, frightening, actually. I felt really? a bit un- out of place because I didn't. What, intimidating? <laughs> yeah, just like, you know, I'm like, I DJ sometimes. I'm not really a DJ. Like, yeah. I play tunes. And I just felt You're a, a bit. I'm just kind of, yeah, at the, at the best of days, I'm a selector. Do you know what I mean? So I just remember being there and just kind of losing my bottle, looking at all these people on the street, like, Oh my god! Like now I've got to turn it out was and it like not, drop was it the a good, good set. Or? It was all, it was alright. I only played like about five or six songs, and I remember I actually learned a lesson that day because I had these tunes that I wanted to play and yeah. that I thought would be really good. And then I was sort of talking to a friend of mine about, well, what do you think I should play? And he made some suggestions, and I kind of changed my my little rotor around. And played some of the tunes that he thought I should and play. Did they go down and well? I think my tunes would have been better, actually. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to push you on this one. Oh, You're dear. going away for six months to a desert island, a retreat. What's your meal going to be before you go off? Oh, this is the question. And will there be dairy? 
when if dairy wasn't an issue uh you know what i don't think that i really miss dairy anymore okay fine fine. so i probably wouldn't except something that i really love which is um sole monnier Oh, yeah. Which is swimming in butter with with spinach. Yeah, I mean that is like I mean when I go and that's one of my like dream things that I like to do. Okay. Nice French brasserie linen tablecloths mm, yeah. starter. I think actually now you've also reminded me of like dream food. We were in Sardinia a few years ago. I love Sardinia. I Italian food is actually yeah. Speaking of to me, it's really yeah. soul food. Mm-hmm. You know, you can take like a spoon of olive oil and just be like, mmm, yeah. this is amazing. Or eat a tomato. It's like, yes, it's a fruit. Yeah. Amazing. It tastes actually like um, tomato, yeah. We went to, there was a festival in southern Sardinia and it was kind of dedicated to my dad. So it was an amazing summer because it was the last year before my mom died and she had an she exhibition died. there and we were all there and we oh. all like performed a bit. Eagle Eye was there, my brother, Tyson. Naima was there helping my mom with the art. And the guy who runs the festival and lots of the jazz guys that have known my mother for, you know, 30, 40 years were like treating her like a queen. They were like, hey, Moki, yeah, amazing. It was so beautiful. I'm so thankful that we had that journey. And his wife, Novella, ran or runs a restaurant right by the beach. I mean, it was just off the hook. And of course, as it was Italy every day, even when there was lots to do, it was like, we are breaking for lunch. <laughs> it's like, what about all the stuff, the sound checks and the, it's okay. We have lunch. I love yeah, that. it's so great. And it's not like and a short lunch. No, it'll be it's like, like that's well. yeah. yeah. And so there, they had their own dried tuna. Dried tuna? Ooh. Yeah. Which she Never would just put that. a little bit of olive oil on for a starter. Mm. And they would bring it so good. And literally, like, she would bring all these, like, whatever they'd fished out that day. But that starter... So dry tuna. Is it like carpaccio of tuna? It's like, you know, you can get... Like they Palma do it in Han. Spain and Portugal too. And it's called Mohama, I think. I don't know. M-O-J-A-M-A, if I'm, I've if seen I'm right. i word. And you just slice it really thinly. And she would just... This woman, Novella, her, her mum made the olive oil. Oh, so made like, the olive oil? Yeah, Jesus, from their little right. farm. And the wine was from somewhere else, excuse me. And that was probably, like, on my list of, like food it it was like kind of gourmet it was like very sensual but like full of soul mm. and just sitting there with the kind of salty sea air and like all these people and she made her own limoncello so oh, after yeah. the dinner after lunch we'd all drink limoncello i never really liked limoncello oh, but, but it was nice it. but it was nice with the it's cream nice she did cream. it speaking oh. of speaking of cream she had she made it with a cream. creamy one in like, with uh, milk in Wow. It's really mm. good, or cream or something, which was really good. And dessert, your favourite you dessert? sweet girl? I'm, I'm not a big, I'd probably say something like, um, mm, like a toffee thing. Mm. Like the other day we went on my birthday and ate at the Clapton Country Club, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. had a really nice Sunday lunch, which is one I of my favourite things. Me too. Love Sunday lunch. Which, which roast do you like uh, the best? I like... Beef, uh, beef. Lamb. Yeah, me too. If it's like soft, Absolutely. good beef with a Yorkshire yeah. pudding. Oh my yeah. God. Good gravy. Gravy. Love gravy. Love gravy. So, um, but done. a dessert, that was the last kind of dessert oh, that I, that I was, hey, out. Sorry. 
the last dessert that I really like put myself into, and that was like a kind of sticky toffee kind of oh, type yeah, I thing. Love that. And but I don't was, think you can have sticky toffee without the clotted cream or the cream. No, that's when I like break off and go Got off it. piste. And I can do that because I'm not allergic to dairy. But you feel like shit But I just it. feel, no, I didn't feel that bad because most of the time I behave quite well. So my body's c- can tolerate. But I get, I have a weakness. I get bronchitis. So if I like, like abuse myself with dairy and stuff. Do you think dairy I get, causes it? It brings down my immune, like lowers my immune system and it more mucus and blah. But also my stomach doesn't really approve that much. But I'm good. Like when it's worth it, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go for a bit of clotted cream. And what cream would you drink? Sneaky. What would you drink? With that meal? Yeah. Um, I don't think she's a big drinker. I do, I'm, uh, well, I used to love a glass okay. of wine. I mean, let's not lie. Or a glass of champagne. But I, I, I just, it doesn't really work for me so well anymore. <laughs> so, but I'd say if I was going to eat, a, if I was going to, like, in my old school era of Sunday roast beef glass with a Yorkshire pudding and a really good glass of red wine yeah. would be great. Can I ask, you know how people are stockpiling for Brexit? Oh. If there was one thing from Europe that you thought that you needed to stockpile, what would you do? Olive oil. Me too. Mm. Yeah. I think because it's I love salt. So I was going to say it was like salt, but Malden salt is my no. favourite. It would be like good olive, olive oil. oil. Yeah. Are you yeah. a stickler for table manners? Do you expect people have expectations? I like good. I like good table manners. What's I've the always, worst table manner? That you think well, I mean, that I've always been like tolerate. when my kids, like I've been sitting a little bit today. Like oh, yeah. I said, like they're at a bus stop, a yeah. bus station. I'm like, sit up straight. I hate it when people eat and don't look up from the plate. Ooh. You know, like this just kind like of thing, shoving it shoveling it in, head down, and feeling like they're eating so fast that they're not actually tasting it. Uh, that would be me. That would be me. I'm you sorry. can't share with so, Jessie okay. because she eats it before you. Next time we go out for dinner, Nana, I will slow down. Don't have a sharing. I think it's the but same I from being a mum. It's like I'm you're stressing. You're very slow. I'm yeah, sorry but now I'm rude. talking. No, I wouldn't eat this slow normally. I've just been like talking. I've made a chocolate and courgette cake, mm. and it's got no dairy in. Amazing. Will you, you have, have a little, little bit? I would bit. love to okay, have a fine. bit. With some raspberries. Mm. Okay, fine. But can I have a cup of tea? Yes! yes. What, kind of, what kind of tea would you like? Something herbal. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
mum has made yeah. a cake. Yeah. This is light as a feather. Yeah. She's iced it. I can't even make And let's just, uh, for the record, Nena's having a little bit of creme fraiche just yeah. because. Because why not? Because it's shit without it. Because it's shit without it. Yeah. And this just demanded a little, I, little I, taste. I, totally, I know it's worth I it. Totally so I'm, do, I'm doing it. I haven't asked you about growing up. Uh, what food was like in your house like did your mum cook or did your stepdad cook um, and if so what were they cooking like what is the kind of family childhood meal memory that you have my mother cooked my dad didn't really cook mm-hmm. my mother learned to cook from my father so my biological father yeah. when they were together he was a great cook and was it a lot of Sierra Leone he cooked a lot of African okay African yeah. food yeah and uh, Sierra Leonean, what, but yeah, uh, well, what in, is, inspired. What, what is like special um, in Sierra Leone? What's their kind of go-to dish? They have a dish called gringring, which I love, which is okra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love okra. Mm. And it's like very slimy. They cook it Some really. Some people hate it. I love it. That's what she doesn't like. Me too. I roasted some okra yesterday Ooh. and it turned out really good. Not oh, nice. so slimy. But the, but the gringring is like a leaf cassava leaf or potato mm. leaf they call it but it's like a spinachy kind of leaf so it's okra spinach onion seasoning obviously dried fish and meat cooked into it mm-hmm. i mean it's just like and and it's quite spicy um and then we went through like my parents were we were all vegetarian mm. and so um we were you know <laughs> there was a whole period when we were growing up when there was a lot of you know brown rice and lentils and miso and oh god and all of that stuff. And I was, I, I was like, I had a nose Which for me. Which country was this? Um, Lit between Sweden and New York. New York. Like my parents bought a, an old schoolhouse in the countryside in Sweden. And, you know, their thing was really like wanting to go kind of off grid, you know, and like be self-sufficient, grow their own food. Um, having a place where musicians and artists could meet and make and create and it wasn't a commune like don't get me wrong like my house was not a commune but there were always a lot of people there. how many people and coming through how there, many people it depends like sometimes we would maybe be five or six for dinner sometimes we'd be like 19 or 20 Bloody hell. and somehow my mother managed to keep it all together and you know there were times when people would come and stay like my mother <laughs> tell this funny story of like the limit that some people had stayed at our house for a couple of weeks during the summer and that the wife and this couple was like very sort of <coughs> militant about this whole sort of whole food scene. And my mother had started taking her little um, camping kitchen into her studio to make her daily pot of espresso because this woman was like, no one can drink any coffee. You know, this oh, whole thing. she was hiding. So the my co- mother oh, would wow. take her gulawas, you know, and her black coffee, <laughs> go and she sit behind, fun. but go and sit behind her sewing machine and, you know, in her studio and drink her coffee. And then one day she came into the kitchen and these people had made like dandelion pancakes or something. And she was just like, okay, that's it. Get out. No more kind of thing. <laughs> Get out. Um, so that went on for a few years. And then uh, she just decided like one day that it was time to roast the chicken. And I'll never forget that day. <laughs> it was amazing. Best day of your life. It was fabulous. She'd put a chicken in the oven and literally some of our friends turned up in the yard and I can remember like coming over to visit. I can remember opening the window, like screaming out the window, we're going to have chicken. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. But she made amazing food. And so 
in a way, like almost every day when I do stuff, I realize how much my mother gave me. Like, and actually by the time I left home when I was 16, even though I was a little runt, and I obviously thought that I was bigger than I was, I was quite equipped from being around so my you mother. Left, left home at 16? Yeah. You left um, New York at 16, 15, 16. Mm-hmm. Came here on your own? I came here to visit my friend Ari. And just never left. Who was a singer in the slits. And then we just, I just kind of ended up hanging out, hanging out. I wasn't going to school. We became like really, really, really good friends, but kind of like sisters where we were like, you know, spooning, sleeping back to back, sharing clothes, sharing everything. So I just stayed and then- Was your mum annoyed that you left school? No, I think my mother, when I kind of unofficially left school was kind of relieved because I was just like- But you're so bright. Do you think so? Oh, I do. I mean, I you're lack so things. Thought, you're thoughtful and bright. Oh, and bless you. You're interested and read and, yeah. Well, that was my thing when I went, left school. My mother was like, if you're not going to go to school for a while, I want you to read these books. Like, you have to read and do stuff. You can't just, like, lie around. So she gave me things like Isaac Bashevi's Singer books, 100 Years of Solitude. Oh, best book. You know, James Baldwin, like stuff. So I was like reading all those books and then we'd kind of talk about them. And and like before, when I was still going to school, I was going to a little like small town school where we lived in Sweden. And I was just miserable and I just felt really out of place. And I started hanging out with these kind of rough local, so-called roughnecks that were kind of semi-racist. They're kind of like a gang, but not really. But, you know, they drive old American, like, vintage cars and, like, (coughs) listen to 50s and 60s music and, like, literally then, you know, some of them have, like, quiffs and it's, like, really when they drive around in their car. This is in Sweden. So I was, like... called? Ragera. What does that mean? What does that word mean? Like toe rag or something. Or like, okay, so they think they're like the T-birds. So they're kind of like, Greece. you know, like driving around in a lot of small towns, like trying to, you know, scare the shit out of people or something. So that was like the most dangerous thing I could kind of get myself into. Did you have point. to dress up in like... No, no, no. I mean, there's no like policy that you have to like dress up but as the, a... Maybe the, they were like the bad but, boys. But they were the bad boys. The, Basically, people, the local... The girls are always attracted to the bad so that boys. So that was... The, for, for us, you know, the ones that spin the at the fairground. Yeah, the, you know, the edge, trying to get out to the edge. And then it was just like not really that cool and it wasn't really making me particularly happy and I didn't definitely didn't feel particularly fulfilled or you know any of those things so I just got up one morning and I actually had a horrible hangover because I'd been out at some like weird disco by a lake and I'd like drank all this vodka that someone had in the trunk of his car. It was like so depressing. And I got, ba- I got back somehow and I woke up in the morning and I was like feeling really sick. And I just got sick all over the kitchen. I'd literally just been drinking water, but my mom was like in another room and somehow luckily I managed to clean it up. And then I think I just went into her cause I was gonna stay. We have some family friends that live near to us. And I was going to stay with them for the winter whilst my my mother went to New York because we were doing kind of half-half. And I was like, I was decided to stay to go to school. 
And I think after that incident in the kitchen, I just went into my mother. I was like, I'm coming with you to New York. And when she went to my head, my teacher, my head teacher at the school that I was going to, she was actually like, good, get her out of here. <laughs> yeah, she was like, make her leave. And then, yeah, like then I became a punk, like literally, I was been in and London. And hang around with Basquiat? I didn't hang around with him. Okay. Not, I, I him? used to see him in New York. Um, Did you used to go to Paradise Garage? And stuff I like went that? to Paradise Garage a few times. Did you go to Studio 54? Never went to Studio that 54. That was after, wasn't But I, they were older than me. Like we were, me and my friends that went to the clubs. We started going out young. We were like 14, 15. But we knew everyone at like the Mud Club, Tier 3, Hurrahs, we could always get in. There was this one great guy, Harry Montague, that's that was like the main doorman at like Densiteria and stuff. And he was always like, let the kids in, <laughs> you know, let them in. But yeah, I could, uh, there's one thing, like one night we went to a party and Basquiat and, uh, you know, the white haired. Warhol. <laughs> Warhol, Andy yeah. Warhol. They were like at the back. It was like in Basquiat's loft downstairs and on the like storefront loft. And there was like a DJ and we were like, they were all down at the back. They'd ordered like Mr. Chow's takeaway at the back and like all of the, the him and Warhol and his mates were all back there. And the rest of the party was like down where all his paintings were stored, which was a trip. In, Amazing. In racks. Wow. The DJ. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't know him, but like you'd see him around in the You've city. You've lived like the most exciting life. But you know, it's just that I'm kind of old. It's like you're <laughs> not old. I mean, why do you look younger than me? Then, no, no. Oh shit, please! It's like how old I get are you? Fifty-five, now? baby girl. Fuck! You look but amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Bless you. I feel very tired. At the I minute. wondered why you were going through menopause. Mm. You, she said she's going through oh, menopause. Did you? Oh, okay. I thought, but she's like forty odd mm. for a few years now. What, Two years. I started long. menopause at fifty-four. It goes on for that long. Yeah, that's quite late. Yeah, it was late. It, it's odd. It's that, weird. It is so strange, and I absolutely think the hormones that you lose when you don't have a period. It makes you feel good. It's those hormones that that, that, that what, when you're having ov- a period, the, the really? ones that make you ovulate, ovulate. Oh, really? are the hormones that make you feel youthful. To be honest, so I'm not surprised. You're it's t- weird. Do you have hot? Uh, I'm like the last. Well, it comes and goes. I never have. And the I haven't hot been things. having them at, during the day. I only have them at night. night. You get and night sweats. The night sweats are dread. Like oh, I've, the last few nights have been fine, but I had a couple nights. Or at literally a couple of weeks, where I was just—I mean, not just sweaty. Just like you have drenched. to change the whole like, thing. Yeah, yeah, like completely. But, but the, the other thing is your thermostat doesn't really work very well. Do you remember I used to say, "Is it hot in here, or is yeah, it me?" That was her. Constantly, I was hot, but I'm not hot anymore. No, it gets better. And I think like a couple of years ago, I also kind of like really gave me the blues. I literally had like three kind of psychotic experiences. And I realized afterwards that my, like my menopause, like the, the fear and the anxiety that I had and like, like I'm awkward and I'm like shy, but like I haven't really suffered. I'm not the per- sort of person that gets really like neurosis or mm. really, really freaked out generally, or I've just been quite good at covering it up. But I was like, had these overwhelming like anxiety attacks that just sent me into a a kind of whirlwind of total 
yeah, like Were you really literally at the time? no. Luckily not. Yeah, yeah. And then in retrospect, when I kind of came out the other side, I was like, shit, actually, probably some of this is hormonal stuff. And then I felt really kind of almost embarrassed that I didn't have more insight and understanding of like what is happening to me. Do people talk about it? No, not even women. People people don't talk about anything. I think it's quite strange. Like that, that we don't talk about these things yeah. more. I talk about everything with my sisters, my friends. And, and I feel lucky and blessed because I have older and younger friends. You know, I like a lot of my mother's closest friends have become my really close friends. But I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, I don't know anything about what's happening no, to me. No, you don't. And like, I didn't want to know. But... And I've had that whole fear. And I was like, God, I am carrying this kind of like, Oh, you know, this hangover of it being like kind of unsensual, like that it's a kind of sell by date that you're nearing. And then on the other side, it's like, oh, yeah, but that's it. Then you're kind of not fertile and therefore kind of done. It's a horrible thing. So it's like invisible, like a kind of invisible. And then, yeah, it's it's remarkably absurd how where it where it's kind of an ending of something and Um, i felt quite sad yeah i was like as much as i've struggled with my periods and you know being premenstrual and all that i felt really yeah empty i was like and at the same time you know my youngest child was moving out and then all of a sudden it was like kind of she was still at home but you know she's moved out and i'm really happy for her but it was like I was like, okay, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? And like, how do I, like the idea of like, oh, I still have a lot of things to do and that's great and I still feel vital and now I'm going to do all this stuff just, I can spend lots of time thinking about me. And I was like, you know, how do I do that? And is that what I want to do? No, no, I tell you something, it it doesn't change. They come back then. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then they need you in a different way. And yeah. I feel much better. I feel, even though I'm still going through it. This child never wants to sleep. He can't change his nappy. I'll change his nappy when we're not having lunch. Face. I'm going to put him have in the sling. Have you covered so good. Good. It's good, I'm so I want to ask you though. I lo- you know you you say that you know menopause and you felt and your daughter moving out and you kind of felt like what, what, what's going on? I've got all this time to kind of. You had an album coming out. You've got, but did it just not feel as kind of sweet to be doing work? And no, it, it felt really important. Okay, because I think actually making the album saved me. Yeah, because I did feel like I had all this stuff hanging around me that I needed to to kind of get out and actually at the other side of it and actually inside of myself the whole time there was also a niggling voice that was just like I know that this isn't it (laughs) do you know what I mean I'm going through something and going through changes is a difficult process Mm. like getting over a threshold in your life and life is full of them right and this was another threshold and I knew that I'm not you know I'm not someone like that's going to succumb to fucking ageist hypocrisy like I know that at the other side of this I'm a vital woman me and Andy were actually saying recently like it's great in a way we're doing our best work I think it's really inspiring because I think you're making brilliant music and you're doing it in your own like your own terms the album's beautiful and I love how kind of 
it tells stories and other people's stories and 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 yours and you, my name is is it my name is Nana and yeah. I, I don't know I'm a it felt so special and exciting I think yeah like when we wrote we just had a really amazing kind of journey Cam and I like we just literally really found a space That's where amazing. we were just kind of like the outside world just kind of left us alone and we just it sounds like that and we just did like 10 12 songs quite quickly and then Kieran Hebden Forte oh, is a genius I love him he's a genius and I felt like he managed to do what he managed to do was kind of bring all of the elements from kind of the other albums into this one into the soundscape so it felt very much like doing a full circle which I think was really nice I really thank you for doing thank this you. because I we could keep thank on chatting you. food was amazing good, good, good. Um, I need the cake recipe oh, yeah, that was a it good one and the th- Mind you, it was for 24 people <laughs> we have eaten about <laughs> do you want 12. to take some home for Cam yeah. yeah. Now yes. take that ca- cake to Cameroon and say that I think I demand that you go to Japan soon to relive when I'm you gonna, first yeah, met. Yeah, I'm going to tell him. Thank um, you for having me. And congrats on a great record. Bless you. And congratulations to you. Oh, thank you. My son just had a photo with an icon. I know, darling. She, I mean, she's a, a fantastic woman. And so interesting and just has lived such an interesting life. And I felt very honoured that she decided to have lunch with us. Too. I mean, she's a real woman's woman. Yeah, girl's girl. Yeah. And was very, the food was really good today, Mum. Good. The simplicity you might think it's simple, darling. No, but There's a lot I'm of saying, skill goes in there. No, there was something very clean about it. It felt quite like master chefy, full of flavour. Yeah, but well you planned, know, darling. No, obviously. Yes. Asparagus had the right crunch. Yep. That was really good. Yep. And that cake is. I think that could be your bring a cake to a party dish. Yeah. That was heaven. It's gorgeous, isn't it? It was. Could light. you tell they had courgettes in it? No. I think it's just for moisture. Maybe I'll give it to my girl tonight, my little girl. Of course. She'll be so happy. Chocolate. Chocolate. Do you like some chocolate cake? Chocolate. Um, how annoyed are you that she had the creme fraiche with the um, cake? Dairy free. But mum, thank God for Nena. You've just got a brilliant new cake up your sleeve. Yeah, it's true. A dairy free cake. Yeah, it's a good cake. It's a bloody really good one. I'm really pleased with it. Thank you so much for listening to Table Manners. What a treat to have Nena Cherry on and just kind of listen to everything. Her stories. Yeah, her stories are so brilliant. And I do think she should go to Japan very soon with Cameron McVeigh. And Mum, thank you. That was a really good lunch. Mm. The Table Manners music you have been enjoying is by Pete Fraser and Peter Duffy. And our dear editor and producer is Alice Williams. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.